Hi everyone and welcome to The Raw Show with Michael McDonnell. I have a very special guest. We have Char Trinzi joining me today. Char, thank you for joining me on the show. Yeah, hi. And uh, thank you for having me here. From fashion and graphics to photography and branding. She's gone from a hometown across the ocean to the fantastic island of Iceland and now living in Sweden. She can tell us a little more about her experience across different countries and how she's developed new skills to adapt to her life and business on a f- in a foreign country. So, Char, I thought we'd, we'd start with your background, if that's okay. So, would you be able to share with me and our listeners where you were born and what it was like for you growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm from Brazil, and I I think I move a lot. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, I moved from my hometown. I'm from São Paulo, if you have heard about, and then mm-hmm. I moved to the south of Brazil. And you know, when you are 11, it's a big change. You know, new friends, new things, everything. But uh, one of the things I noticed uh, quite early, it was I struggled a lot to write, you know. I mm-hmm. could read well, of course, and I could write. But like when it comes to writing big essays or stories or everything like that, it was a little bit hard for me, you know. And especially when it comes to all these changes, you know, a lot of things, uh, you start to feel quite stupid when you were a child. Mm, so yeah. yeah it was it was weird you know so i start to turn to the visual arts and i start to drawing a lot you know i started you know all the, the free time i had i was drawing and um painting or doing something you know with visuals yeah uh and then it was like this for quite a long time into i think what you, in high school you know Uh, when we have literature also there so we had to read a lot of books and write about these books you know and what to learn but then I got this amazing teacher and once she said you can talk about the book and express yourself about the book in whatever manner you want to it doesn't have to be written and it was amazing for me because it was like, oh, finally, I don't have to write. <laughs> uh, then I start to find ways to do, to deal with that. And it was drawing or doing something. But then one of the books, I dressed myself as half woman, half man to explain mm-hmm. about the book, you know. All and right, yeah. Great. And she said, oh, that was a very creative way to show and all that. And it was, so, you know, it took me a long, long time to realize that you don't have to be uh, a master's in everything, you know? Uh, it took me quite a long time to discover myself and say, okay, I don't have to be, you know, a bestseller writing to do something with my life. No. But of course, while you're in the school and going through all these changes, it is, it is difficult to find that balance in, in the life, you know, and say, okay, if I'm not good in something, that's okay. You can always do something. So it's hard to focus in what you, you know, what you actually know. And that's what I do now. You know, I I focus more in what I know and not, and leave what I don't know. I just ask for help or, you know, if I can, you know, pay someone to do something, I will do it or just have friends doing something like that. Right. So it seems like there's, there's a lot of, of jumping off points, really. But what was it like in terms of trying to adapt what 
what you knew that you could do. So you went from trying to, to write essays about books and things to you mentioned dressing up to to share how how the how, how the book sort of came across to you and what and what your interpretation was. What what other strategies did you use that that might appear to be different compared to the I guess the conventional way of, of writing things, what, what other things did you do? So you mentioned dressing up. Was there anything else that you did? Oh, yeah, uh, mostly drawing, uh, dra- drawing, you know. Mm-hmm. I like draw and I like, like a lot of painting, you know, uh, and uh, craftings in general. So every time we would have some class, free class for uh, crafting in my town, I would ask my mother to sign me up, you know. So I would have all this kind of crafting things. And of course, the, the drawing, I think it was maybe because it was easier, you know, to have paper and pen on hand, you know, and just try out, try my best, you know. Uh, I remember once I was trying very hard to draw faces, you know, and mm-hmm. it was com- coming out kind of wrong. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but then, and finally, I could get something quite similar, you know, to, and one of my colleagues on school got my book and, oh, and start to say, oh, she's an artist and then this and that. And for a few moments, I felt very proud, but then she, I realized she was being sarcastic. So <laughs> it was quite uh, helpful, okay. you know? uh, But it was okay. You know, you take with time that you learn that, okay, if it's not a good art, it's okay. You can always improve. And mm-hmm. also like, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to please everyone around you. Mm-hmm. So it is some things that comes with time, but yeah, for me, I think the drawing part and painting, it was the most strongest one at that point, at that point, you know, every time yeah. I was like with a notebook doing math or anything else, if I had some time, I was drawing, you know, in some corner and some, some point, you know, like the covers, everything. It was always uh, with some kind of drawing, like for anything, you know, that I was looking for. Yeah. Wow. Right. Well, it seems, it seems like there was, there was the space to do that. So there's, there's a massive, there's a massive props to your teacher I guess for seeing that, that you were different but also giving you the, the space to do that and to be different and to express things in in your way how important would you say it was to allow people to be different and I guess not not be negatively judgmental with them as well you know just because they're different how important would you say that is Oh, it's, for me, I think it's totally, it's one of the most important things in life, you know, it's to accept others by what they are, you know, on their own way, because everyone is different. There is no single person just like as any other. We talk a lot about like, and maybe twin brothers and sisters, something like that, they feel each other or they like the same things, but there will always be a certain point that they are different or they learn different or they even like the same music, but they will dance different. Something will be different, you know? And along the years I learned that, you know, it is okay to be different. It's Hmm. just, uh, it's hard maybe to admit to yourself when you're younger and you want to fit on that, you know, in school or work or something like that. Uh, like we say, you know, I move, and then when I moved to Iceland, it was the same, you know, you want to fit on the society, you know, you want to seem adapted, 
and then you try things to seem more i don't know maybe normal on the eyes of mm -hmm. people you know but it it takes time until you realize that it's okay if you're not it's okay if you don't fit on other people's uh, expectations you know and it's okay to be yourself it's always it i think it's a long process but it's something that i'm always trying to pass also to my daughter you know right yeah she's also like this she likes a lot of uh, visual arts and she we just discovered she has uh, dyslexia i don't know how to mm. yeah, dyslexia, yeah. dyslexia right and so she was also struggling a lot with school you know and but she wasn't struggling the same thing with visuals you know and also music because she learns very fast and she can put together a lot of things uh, around arts and she didn't understand why so now we understand why we explain to her why you know the yeah. neurodiversity that she has and now we can go around of that she's been amazing you know she's learning way better because she understands how to learn now but also she understands that this part of her that it's with arts or some things it is a big part of her you know but it, you know to put this on the head of 10 years old <laughs> it's very hard and then i understand also because i was I, i went through the same thing you know going through all this it's really hard but then mm. You know, when you get older, you start to pass by this message, you know, it's okay to be different, just accept others, don't judge others, you know, like a lot of things that happen during the, you know, during your life, a lot of things will change and it's okay, you know, something that will be different for you will be maybe your area of genius, you know, and you will be, you know, amazing on that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there could be people um, that, that are listening to this that, that might have kids, they might have children that might actually be different, they might have different strengths and, and that sort of thing. So what, what advice would you give to, to those parents that might have children that, that might not be conventional, you know, they might have different ways of learning, different ways of expressing themselves? What would you say to those people? Um, just embrace it embrace the different you know and learn with your kids the way they should be learning so you can be in their shoes like something like you say right that be in their shoes so you know how to help them you know and showing them that it's okay to be like that it's if it's some kind of difference or some way that they like to do or it's difficult or anything like that if you show them the way and show you know i think one of the things it's to show your strengths and your weaknesses also because as mm. parents the kid sees us as like invincible or something like that but when you yeah. show see you know i had this problem too you know i still have problem with this or that they oh okay so my parents is, you know they are adults and they have problems so they start to seem like less preoccupied with the things that they can't do it also. Like I said on the beginning, you know, we focus so much time on, on the things we can't do that we forgot about the things that we can do well, you know? Yeah. And this takes a lot of times of our life since we are kids. So try to focus, you know, teach your kids the same thing, you know? Don't focus on what you don't know, focus on what you know, you know? And you, what you like and what you think you can, you know, be extraordinary on it. So just try to focus on these things. Yeah.
yeah, I, I, w- I would definitely echo that. I mean, it's it's almost like if you share the things that, that you struggle with, it kind of gives them the permission to have struggles as well. Like if, yeah. if, if you never if you never show your your weaknesses from from the outside looking in, you you don't have any. And then if yeah. someone someone does have a weakness, then yeah. they'll probably feel that little bit worse for it because they, they mm-hmm. think there are people out there that don't have weaknesses yeah. so how how would you balance that then with <sighs> trying to think of the best way of putting it how would you balance it with learning and improving so you mentioned that you know you do things and then you improve how do you balance that against this idea of just doing the things that you are good at and finding the things that you can actually do how would you how would you approach that um, I find like, if, for instance, okay, with writing that it's my worst part, let's say like that. Uh, I do need to write. Okay. And I do need to embrace, of course, that I don't have to write as good as a person who maybe write a bestseller, but I know I have to write well enough so people will understand me. So what I do, it's like, okay, I take some time to read a little bit about how to improve those skills, but I don't take that, you know, to a next level, like, or, oh, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that. I, I will give up or, you know, I take a little bit of time, you know, I read, I research about, okay, so I can do like this. I write, I try to write a little bit. Okay. That's it. You know, go to the next thing. Next thing for me, it's seeing you no know, tutorials or anything about photography and visuals, you know, designing and stuff like that. So I go to that to that part of me and that's amazing and so if I can I would try to write something about what I learned you know in visuals so I can try to use a little bit of that skills but it's something that I of course I try to improve on the way that uh, I'm adult and I need that but I don't try to stress out and more on the matters of like this will take you know my energy and will take my confidence and put me down you know I try ah, as much okay. as I can on the matter. Like, uh, I understand that I don't have now to be the best one in the world in writing. You know, you don't have to. And I always will know something about, but I will know enough, you know, to write someone, like to write to you if I need to, and you can understand me well or something like that, and to write something on my blog, but not enough to maybe write a book or something, you know? Uh, okay, so it's, almost, so it's almost like you you accept that you're at a certain level and maybe you improve maybe you don't but there's this level of this level of acceptance and this understanding of the standard that you're at yeah absolutely because i i have a blog and it's not active right now but i was writing about photography you know and right now like um i'm helping out uh, you know uh, co-host about branding webinar and now that i do have to write of course but then of course, it might not be like the best writing in the world. But one thing, like I accept that if people like my content and they can understand me, you know, that's enough for me. If someone say, oh, your grammar, you know, you have uh, errors or, you know, your grammar is not 100%. I would say, okay, I'm sorry if it's not. Uh, it's not my first language. It's not my greatest skills. But can you understand the content? Yes. Do you like? Okay. If you don't. You know, you can look for someone else who has a perfect grammar. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's basically yeah, yeah. that. I got to accept it. If people like me and like my content, it's for what I am and what I'm showing. 
And if they don't, it's okay. There's a million people in the world. You know, they could just go and look for someone else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So I know we're, we are kind of getting towards the more visual side, which is more of what you do. But I'm just curious to, I'm curious to see what, what runs through your mind when you do write. So this, this can be obviously broadened out to what sort of conversations do you have when you're doing something that you know you're probably not amazing at? Mm-hmm. but we can we can make it specific to you with the writing so what what sort of runs through your head or what conversations do you have when you sit down to to write knowing that it's probably not your your strength you mean when i'm okay let's say for instance when i'm putting content together or something like that mm-hmm. yeah um, i try my best uh, the best i can to do it like as if i'm explain this to a friend you know, with easy mm-hmm. words and is terms on the subject. For instance, if it's uh, uh, designing or branding or something like that, I will try to put as simple as possible, just like I'm explaining to a friend who's not on the field, you know, who doesn't understand anything about that. So I just write, you know, I don't think about anything else like a, a punctua- punctuation or anything. You know, I just write everything Mm -hmm. and then i go over and then i read and then i start to fix there here and there what it's need to be fixed and it for me it's just like it's more kind of like a conversation it's like i'm explaining to someone that i know how like if you ask oh how is your process to make a logo okay my process like this and then i it's like i'm explaining you know and then yeah and it's the same like you say on the end if they like they like if they don't they don't that's okay Mm. is is there an element of um like it feels good enough to you so you put it out and then it almost doesn't matter what, what other people think because it's not your strength or you are trying to learn to improve it. How, how, how do you go about talking yourself into actually publishing it? Because it, I know from the things that, that I've had to do over the years is that there's a big difference between doing something behind closed doors that no one sees mm-hmm. and then putting it out there for everybody to see. So it's, in my head, there's a definite difference between the two. So how how do you go about actually talking yourself into writing the blog, but then obviously pressing publish so everyone can see it? Oh, this is like still uh, a hard part. Like mm-hmm. I do have like so many blog posts that I never publish it. Just mm-hmm. because of the same factor, you know, like, oh, no, if I do it, some people would judge me. This is not mm-hmm. good enough or something like that. But then uh, it has been better. You know, like I said, I'm not uh, publishing a lot on the blog right now, but I am um, participating in groups on Facebook. So the text is, is smaller, you know, yeah. and a little bit more of conversational. So I'm getting over by that, you know, by participating you know, oh, okay. so yeah. I start to make small parts. Right now, I'm trying to put uh, put a group together. So I'm starting to put some tips on visual branding. So I will write just a few sentences about that tips, you know, and put there and press go and that's it, you know. 
I try to not think, you know, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. sometimes I go over this, oh, this is wrong. And then I just rewrite because uh, Facebook or almost any other platform uh, allows you to edit that. So I will mm -hmm. edit and that's it. If someone asks, oh, you edit, I say, yes, I edit because I note that this way will be better to explain to you. That's it. I try to not right, cool. overthink right now, you know, and doing uh, small steps. But then eventually I want to go back and write big po bigger posts on the blog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely comes across like there is, there is a process that, that you have to go through before you can feel like you can keep doing that, you know, that you yeah. sort of hit a certain, a certain standard. But then as, as you mentioned before, is that you've got to accept where you are in order to, mm -hmm to take the actions to move forward so yeah no i mean it's, it's good to see that you're you're still doing that because there could be people listening that want to do things better than what they can actually do them like there's mm -hmm. this this there's this um disconnect between what they want to happen and what's actually happening and that's what's stopping them from from doing things or moving forward and it's good to see that you're able to break things down into those smaller steps yeah so yeah. with with that what steps did you take in your business to to finally become this this branding person this branding expert so from what i know about you you started off as a photographer so would you be able to talk us through your your journey from from that and then becoming a, a branding person or branding expert mm -hmm. uh, actually i started out uh, with fashion i was a fashion designer in brazil Mm -hmm. uh, since, yeah, you know, the background of drawing and everything, a lot of people, oh, you should draw clothes and, you know, oh, you'll be an amazing designer. And okay. And then it was, uh, <laughs> I got into fashion school uh, after high school and it was great. You know, it was one of the places that I fit in because I didn't have to write a lot. And, you know, the drawing, it was so amazing. I could put anything on the paper, you know, it was so great. So I got a job as a fashion designer on a store, you know, um, and it was very, it was a nice experience, but then I ended up moving to Iceland and mm. it was a small town and I couldn't really work with fashion. And at that time, you know, internet was quite new for me. Uh, and it was not that uh, much of opportunity that it is now to work across, the, you know, just work online and across seas like now. So I stopped uh, a little bit with fashion. Of course, I would always be drawing for me, but uh, I, I stopped trying to achieve that as a uh, career. So I start to learn graphics. You know, and at that time, it was even, I think it was, uh, it, is, it was 2005. So I think it was the year that YouTube came in or something like that, or it didn't even have YouTube or something. So it was very hard to find tutorials or some things free on the internet. But I start to manage to learn Photoshop, you know, and mm -hmm. with time, this became very fun for me. I say, okay, so I don't have to draw on paper. I can put my creativity here on the computer. And I start doing some things. Uh, fast forward, I start to put together some graphics. If friends need, like uh, in Iceland, they have this, uh, this small magazine about advertising for the town, you know, when they just talk about like uh, houses for sale, for rent, uh, events that will be happening on the town or stuff like that. 
and I start to make these small ads when they need the graphics. So it was a way to keep up with my skills. Uh, uh-huh. Later on, I met a friend who was an entrepreneur also in Iceland, and she was also a photographer, and she started to teach me photography. Say, oh, you're so amazing with the drawing and graphics. If you know photography, you see it would be an add-on to your skills. Mm, and yeah. yeah, amazing. And then I fell in love with photography because it's everything together, what I always loved, you know, uh, the vision, the creativity, put scenarios together, put conceptions together, all that. So I start to work more with photography and then I move again to Sweden. And an- another thing, it was like, again, a small town. And I was like, okay, so I will not let this stop me again, like I did in Iceland. <laughs> and I continue with photography for quite long. But I also knew I had to learn marketing then to be able to survive this business. So I start to learn marketing and social media and all this online part of the business. And it was when I also fell in love with all this, you know, in a combo kind of way. So it, I start to get some uh, freelancers like uh, managing social media for other mm-hmm. entrepreneurs yeah. and learning with them and learning all this part. And also like I got this amazing friendship with a PR and learning uh, a lot about PR. So I start to work with branding and get a few clients on branding. And I really like this because it gave me the opportunity to talk about everything that I really like, you know, the vision, the conception, the drawing, you know, sketch things, you know, talk to the client, trying to put their message with the visuals, you know, in a combo that would make the brand, you know, this amazing experience for clients. So it was something that it, for me, it's very fulfilling, you know. Yeah. And the way so, that yeah, you use all my skills. Yeah. Was there anything that, that stands out for you in terms of like why you had that, that level of commitment to, to learning new things? Because you mentioned quite a lot there from, from traveling and moving and learning new things. What, what would you say contributed to, I guess, to, your, to you wanting to learn new things so that you could do what you wanted to do as well as, as well as travel? Uh, you know, like I'm a very open-minded person, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like to learn a lot of things. Uh, once in Iceland, when I couldn't work with fashion, I was learning graphics and stuff like that. Uh, once I even got to law school, because I want to do something, you know? And law was the, I think, yeah, it was the only... A subject that it was half in Icelandic and half in English, the course, the completed course. So I went oh, to, okay. to learn law. But of course, law, it's as hard as it is in your language, imagine in Icelandic. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of writing. So I gave up on that. But I'm always open to learn, you know, and it was an amazing experience. And then I, okay, if I can't do that. So I start to learn about beauty too. I went once to learn about you know hairdos and makeup and stuff uh and this process of learning also made me learn about myself and it's the part where i said you know it's okay now because it was uh, the same thing you know as i was always focusing on what i couldn't do it 
you know, like, okay, so I gave up a lot because I can't write. So I, I can't write. I will not be anything in life. I don't have like a degree or anything like this. I have a lot of diplomas in a lot of things, you know, from courses, but I, I don't have this uh, big diploma of master's degree, you know, or something. And I kept thinking about that and trying new things to see what I could fit in my life, you know. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it was this process of knowing myself, knowing what I love to do, what I know how to do it well, and uh, what would fit with my life. Because since I became a mother, when you are a mother, everything is different, you know, even though we talk a lot about uh, uh, being equal to men yeah. and, you know, a lot of women, oh, you have to be equals men. You can't be like, but it is different. You know, there is a small difference. When you're a mother, you know, you preoccupate yourself about your child and stuff like that. So I was trying to fit some career that I could be a mother, amazing mother and an amazing in my career. So I try many things. That's why, but the, I think visuals, you know, the arts, I, it's always my thing. You know, I love when it comes to art, I can just sit and read or listening to about hours, you know, and I really love that. So it was all the small process, like in moving uh, in Iceland, uh, I moved to three places in Iceland, you know, from north to middle, <laughs> a little bit less north, let's say like that, and then uh, to Reykjavik, that it was the capital. Uh, and also all this process moving, it makes me realize, okay, I have to have a career where I, even if I move, I can still do it, you know? So it was something that it, it came, it, it came slowly, but it was a good thing. You know, it, it became clear now for me. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can sort of picture how how you started off with the family and you had this conversation whereby it was like, right, well, I need something that can fit around the family. I need something that can fit around the other commitments that I have. And yeah. then that sort of brought you to the idea of photography and, and using the visual side of things to, to help yourself, but then also helping other people as well. So what yeah. what caused the, the shift into branding then? Because obviously it's a little, it is a little different. I'd imagine there's quite a lot that's the same, but what caused you to make that leap? Uh, it was, I was talking to a friend and then, um, and a coach you know and we were talking about my skills and what i was doing and uh, we start by talking about social media and she said i know you're you're doing this and that about visual say yes and she said why don't you work with branding i said well i do work with branding but it's not what i let's say call myself or something like that it's not what i pitch myself about and she said why not and those it was still, I think, that part of me that it was, you always feel like the underdog. I don't know how, if you'd say something like that in UK, but it's kind of like you still feel that you have to be the best one in something to have that title. You know, again, like yeah. the same thing with the writing. But then it was, it is good because now, uh, older, I could realize, okay, yeah, she's right. You know, I could work with Brandon. It's just a title. I don't have to be the best in the world. Of course, we always have someone better than me, but it, my skills are at the point where I still can help a lot of people. You know, I still know what I know and it is still very, very good. It's just maybe I'm 
overachieving. I, I'm trying to overachieve something for me, not for others, you know. So I just exchanged that, you know. Uh, even though I was uh, managing some social medias, I was also doing like the uh, slide uh, graphs and uh, Facebook covers and ads uh, graphs and stuff like that and Instagram graphs. So I just shift a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. the title and to write more about branding, that it's what I really like to talk about, you know. So it's just a way to shift that thing. I still like, you know, to talk about social media and the strategies behind, but of course the graphics and the image, it's all about that too, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a, a big jump. It's not like you've gone from one thing to a completely different yeah. industry. So no. is, is, there anything, is there anything that you could share with us then that could help us with our branding? So if you imagine, imagine someone listening to this is like, right, well, I'm looking for something that can actually help me with the branding. Are, are there any initial, initial things that you would advise that we do? Or is there, any, is there anything that you think makes the biggest impact? in terms of branding that you think you'd be able to share with us? Uh, one thing I talk to the clients also when before we start making the visuals, it's like about the message. Do you okay. have your message in place? And either the person will say yes or no, or yes, and it, they actually does, don't have anything in place. Um, for, inst for instance, sorry, uh, if you have a restaurant and then you say, okay, I want to be the best restaurant in town. I want to advertise. I want my social media to state that, that I'm the best restaurant in town. And I will ask you why. That's, the, that's your message? Yes. No, that's not your message. You have to think a little bit deeper. Why you're the best restaurant in town? Is it because you're the healthier or you're the cheapest, or you offer the best uh, variety and something? Are you, uh, there's some theme or, you know, specialist uh, or some special thing, like it's a vegetarian restaurant. It's like steakhouse. Oh, we are a steakhouse, especially on Argentinian style, something like that, you know? So you have to think deep about your message. What do you want to people talk about you, you know? on online and offline world. So you state your message and let's say for instance, oh, uh, okay, so then your message will be, I'm the best restaurant in town because I'm the healthiest one and I only serve organics. You know, all the vegetables are organics and the meat it's like from local uh, farmers. So we also respect and um, uh, support locals and all that. So this is a nice message and it's, different to put in visuals then it's just i'm a restaurant you know so ah, right so, 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 so it's almost like you um you look for the things that make you stand out yes, and then you put that unique. in the message yeah you have to find your uniqueness why you know your why why you want to stand out how are you going to stand out you know why you are opening a, a restaurant why are you doing this you know, you have to find your why. This is, of course, an, an example like that, you know. It can be like your store, your clothing store. Why you want to be special, you know. Do you have uh, different sizes? Do you support other kind of things? Or do you have special place where mothers can come, you know, and they will have help with their kids while they're shopping? Something like that. You have to find your uniqueness. And then we will start to, with your visuals, you know. And then start by thinking about the style of the place, 
you know, and and take take, uh, take the words that you know express those styles that you are thinking about expressing. Uh, this uh, the style, uh, the message, and then we start to think more about okay, which colors will represent the style, which fonts will represent the style, you know, which photos will represent the style. And one of the things I think could help a lot for someone who's listening, it's uh, take those words, you know, with style. Let's say if you're uh, homemade, uh, vintage uh, kind of uh, baking, you know, taking mm -hmm. these words and researching on the internet uh, about the image that represent that. Then if you're doing, you know, alone, like DIY in your kind of Facebook overs and stuff like that to be consistent on the social media, just uh, there's Pexels. It's a website. Just go there and find free photos that you can use, you know, to represent that. Uh, and trying to find then the colors that will represent that to you. And for instance, like I said, if you're like homemade uh, vintage baking cookies, for instance, and you like, uh, you know, this pastel yellows and pinkish, then you go and take these colors and try to be consistent across all social media, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's quite um, a good thing as well that when you mentioned you've got to see what those, those words look like. So there's yeah. no point in saying that you, you're into the, the vintage and the homemade things, but then you need to find out, okay, well, what, what does it look like or how would you represent it in, yes. in a visual format? There's no point in just saying that you are. You've yes. got to got to actually get it across in, in everything that you do. So I think that if someone, someone is listening to this, then you should probably spend a little bit of time trying to get clearer on what your message actually looks like not not from yeah. a not from a, a word perspective but also from a visual perspective as well exactly. so yeah thanks for, for sharing that with us and what what was the um the name of the the place to find those pictures would you be able to repeat that for us uh pexels you know i like pexels, pixels, yeah yeah okay, and yeah. also there's pixabay also ah, okay yeah so you can find uh, you can find free images, and then the next thing it's once you find a way to represent, like I say, you know, the visuals of this vintage homemade baking kind of thing, go to Canva. You know, there's a I don't know hundreds, uh, thousands of I think layouts there. You can just go to Canva, take this image and take your message and put there. You know, like uh, if you have a sale, if you're you know just want to advertise in somewhere. Just go there. I think it's one of the easiest ways right now to DIY a visual branding. Um, it doesn't take place. Of course, a lot of, you know, graphic designers, oh, we hate Canva because it's taking, like, it's so simple. It doesn't look professional. But for someone who is just starting a business, you know, I always like to think like that. It is a big deal you know, to pay a lot of money for graphic designs, you know, to a team to put this together. So for a lot of people, it's easier to just DIY for a while, you know, their branding, and then raise the money to pay this team to just go into business already, you know, on negative because they want to be somewhere. Of course, it is amazing if you can and if, you, if it's something that you like to do, of course. But for a lot of people, they don't want to go into business already on negative on their bank, you know. So what they do, they try to DIY a lot of things. 
And I, I, I like to say, I don't ever judge people, even if it's not amazing or, you know, extremely professional or something. They will always improve with time. You know, people will always see other things different after a few time, uh, after a few years or something like that. But then at least with these tools now, you know, an internet Canva, Adobe Video, Pexels and all this, you can at least put a decent thing out there, you know, and start your business, you know, and raise money, achieve your goals, and then go to the next step. It's always like that, you know, you start small and you go to the next step. All right, Charles, well, we are, we are near the end. So uh, we've, we've mentioned quite a bit in terms of the, the lightning round questions. So the, the quick fire questions that I tend to, to use at the end, you've managed to cover them in terms of resources and tips and things. So it makes for a, a faster interview, which is very nice. So mm-hmm. how, how would you like others to, to get to, to know you a little bit more? So this is your chance to share things like social media platforms and websites and things, Charles. So where, where could people go if they wanted to find out more about you? Uh, they can find me on social media as Chatrinci. Um, I think all my social medias are like that, Chatrinci. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and of them. My website is chatrinci.com where I'm now having stock photos there and actually have few feature uh, galleries that are for free. You can just sign up for the free one and just get there. No worries. There will not be like hundreds of emails per day doing something, you know, just get there, get your photos and just you are free to use, you know, no, no need to tell it's for me, but you know, some mentions I always appreciate, but you don't have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I'm co-hosting now a webinar about branding for modern entrepreneurs with another uh, entrepreneur, you know, she has a mother group. So we are talking about that and now the difference that it makes as entrepreneurs as a mother, like we are talking, trying to fit the lifestyle, the career, the kids, everything in a combo, you know? Um, yeah. And the, basically just find me at chatrings.com or any social media at chat right chat well i'll definitely put um links to the things in the in the description of the episode so if, if anyone's listening that wants access to the photos or anything like that then you can click click the links below and uh, one last question before we before we finish is what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know uh, what do you I'm just this crazy, creative person, mother, you know, trying to do my best into raising two little human beings into being their best too, and trying to find the ways to make our lives, you know, as special as any Disney move, but it's just in a creative way and the best way I can. All right, chat. Well, thanks for being a guest on the show. Really appreciate you carving out the time and I'm sure we'll, we'll speak again soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me and have a great day.